0: Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level.
1: Good morning, everyone. Yes, this is Pass the Post for Sunday the 16th of April. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. The website is archerparkracing.com.au and they'll have golden boom and spiritual eyes stepping out of Doomben on Saturday. Two of the big guns ready to fire for the autumn and the winter. Well, it was an interesting mix yesterday. We had the Sydney Autumn Carnival concluding. We're only now a fortnight away from the the carnivals in Adelaide and also south-east Queensland. And, of course, we saw the inaugural running of the $4 million Quokka at Ascot in Perth. To say it was a hair-raising finish would be an understatement. So a great mix of racing. Ben Dorries was watching it all unfold yesterday. <laughs> what are you alluding to, David Fallon? not, not alluding to anything, but you were watching <clears> it all unfold, so you didn't miss anything yesterday. No, nah, it
2: was a bad day to be a Canadian club and dry, especially if you're at the uh, Arani Hills Leaves Club like I was yesterday. So a very rare Saturday off, and we just uh, watched it all unfold. And uh, feeling okay this morning.
1: Not uh, feeling tremendous last not your, night, but not your best. bright and bushy-tailed today. That uh, quokka was a spine-tingling finish, wasn't it? I mean, it, was, it had the classic... Hallmarks of the the local champion. We knew she was going to be back, maybe not that far. We'll talk about this later. But flashing home, and I think if you put it to a vote, I think more than less would have thought she might have just got there on the line.
2: Yeah, she didn't lose anything in defeat, did she? Unless you're back to you, you know, you have lost something, I guess. But she's a uh, she's a rising star. If she's not a star already, um, had a bit of everything yesterday, didn't it? Um, we continued to see uh, in the all age a, a changing of the even though it was a 1400 meter race, a real changing of the guard moment sort of progressing I guess with, with Giga Kick uh, Giga Kick, and I Wish I Win Now clearly the two best sprinters uh, in Australia and in Brisbane, Prince of Boom laid down a bit of a marker for the winter carnival
1: Yeah certainly did, we'll, we'll profile Royal Roundwick first as we said the last day of the, the autumn carnival, it's been a great carnival we'll probably talk more about that tomorrow on Press Room with Ray but Eagle Farm, I thought there was a lot to come out of yesterday so we've got a few guests lined up there, we'll uh, dig deep into the Quaker and we'll also have a look at the or listen to the feature race at Morpherville yesterday. So plenty to get through. And let's go to the, the first of two Group 1s at Royal Roundwick yesterday. This was the All Aged, and Giga Kick was the $2.90 favourite. Here's the replay.
0: Approaching the turn, and Markwin really letting Lost and Running gallop. He's out by six lengths now on Marzu. Zaki moves up on the outside. Electric Girl stoked off the fence. Bander snatched deeper out. Giga Kick getting to the outside, ten off the lead. Lost and Running comes up the riser, healthy leader by four lengths on Zaki. Giga Kick down the outside, Marzu the inside, and further back to Cascadian. Giga Kick sustaining the run went up with Zaki. Giga Kick and Zaki, two lengths away, then to Bander snatching. And- cascadian but giga kicks got a strong kick and he goes home in the group won a big winner giga kick by two lengths in the all eight stakes zaki trying to cling on for second in a photo with cascadian clear from bandersnatch Jack and O. further back to Hoho amazon who had a wide path further back to marzu from colding rock and horse lost and running got very tired and electric girl was last to finish
1: What an extraordinary horse kicker kick is, and what uh, a great boon this is for Australian racing. He was having his ninth career start yesterday. He'd already won the Everest at his fifth race start, and there he was winning uh, his first group one there yesterday in the All-Aged, going to a new frontier, 1,400 metres. No favours afforded in the run, back second last, had to sustain a long run, and too strong for them yeah. outstanding performance
2: absolutely outstanding and incredible to believe really considering giga kicks already a household name but that was his first group one and his trainer's first
1: group one as well and his trainer is our first guest and we're very fortunate to have him this morning clayton douglas clayton good morning congratulations good morning thank you for having me on and you must pinch yourself I know it's an old expression you must pinch yourself sometimes when you think i've got this or he's mine
3: yeah i do absolutely um yeah, just to see the rise of this horse obviously he was unbeaten heading into an Everest and was able to win the Everest and to come back in the autumn and, and tick off that group one box it's it's unbelievable. So high class galloper and um, hopefully he can keep on improving.
2: I read one of your, your post race quotes with interest, uh, Clayton uh, you said basically you feel this horse is so good you could train him for just about anything and he could probably win it, even a cox plate.
3: <laughs> yeah, look he, he uh, he's yeah, he's a bit of a freak, this horse. He, it's, I feel like that's about right. Um, you know, anything, anything I ask him to do, he just seems to step up to the plate. He never disappoints. So, um, you know, obviously a bit of a figure of speech. But, yeah, look, he's hes obviously a horse that's, um, you know, he'd do anything for you. He goes to battle every time. Every time he goes to the races, you know he's going to run well, and he's done that all preparation. So to be able to come out on top yesterday, it was unbelievable.
2: Take us sort of inside his story a bit. What makes him so freakish? Like, what makes him so good? I mean, different horses have different attributes: big lungs, you, you know, hulking frames. Whatever it is, what is it particularly about Giga Kick that stands out? Do you think?
3: Um, he's just got a will. He's got a lot of a lot of will to win. He's he's very competitive. Um, you know, it was the first time in the TJ the other day um, a horse had come from behind him and got past him in a, in a start in in eight runs um, you know he, he rounded that field up yesterday and uh, I don't even know if he was hit with the stick so he's he's just a very very competitive horse um, he's you know got a beautiful gallop in action as well which obviously he's a horse that breeds very well and relaxes and gives himself every chance so don't really know the answer to why he's so freakish but he, he's very good and um, I'm happy to have him
1: You said before it was maybe not a slip of the tongue, but um, an expression you could train him to win anything. I don't think that statement should be overlooked because going into yesterday's race, the all-aged, it was 1,400 metres. And, and, you know, when you're doing form on a race, there's a lot of questions you often ask. And I think it was a fairly legitimate question to say about the 1,400 metres. But I think most most of the the form students thought there'd be no drama with it. Well, there was no drama at all. But looking back at the win... As I said, he came from second last. i estimated about the halfway mark. He was eight to nine lengths off the lead. So Craig then embarked on a three, four wide run. So he had to sustain a long run. And he was strong at the end of 1400 on a testing track. If you look, just look at that, that race in isolation, you would say to yourself, well, there's a horse. He'll run a mile for sure.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Obviously sustained. He can sustain a good gallop, and you know, every time he's got into a high pressure twelve hundred, he's been so strong through the line. And um, you see again yesterday, he was able to settle back and, like you say, have that big, big sustained run and, and keep running through the line. So, yeah, you know, he he could be a horse that will potentially, um, you know, yeah, probably like I said, do do what I needed him to do. And he's such a good sprinter at the same time. So he's he's a very very versatile horse at this stage.
1: To be fair, what you want him to do is win another Everest. That's at 1,200 metres in October, but I suppose the question that I'm going to put to you now, and it's an important one because we're, we're broadcasting out of Queensland, and Giga Kick is now $2 favourite for the Doom and 10,000 in uh, a month's time. Will we see him here in, in South East Queensland?
3: Yes, we are likely to see him. Um, he's going to have a Pretty quiet week. Um, if I'm, so I'm happy with him, we'll be looking to go to the doom of Ten Thousand. So I'll probably know more in a week's time. Um, but yeah, that could that's that is his next target if we are to see him again this autumn. And
2: would that most likely just be a, a one hit sort of Queensland camp campaign? Bearing in mind you've you've got big fish to fry in the spring. Uh
3: yeah, yep. Yeah, he'll he'll just have he'll have the one run there. Um, yeah probably in the month's time, uh, potentially running the doom in 10,000, and then uh, we'll be putting him in the paddock for uh, well-earned rest and getting him ready for the Everest.
1: Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. When you've got an elite galloper and you've got the elite of the elite in giga kick, his, um, not, well, not barrier manners, but I've watched him a, a fair bit in Sydney. Is it fair to say he, he he's not beginning as well as maybe he used to or or, or has he always been a a little tardily away
3: um yeah it's it's fair to say that he's probably not beginning as well as he, he had he has been um probably not sure why that sort of happened He's first up run, i think he went to begin well and got buffeted and then probably same again second up in the t j but he actually looked to begin well but never quickly got into stride there yesterday so. Might just be a little bit of an attribute that he's sort of starting to pick up, but he, he is obviously with the edge off him yesterday. He was just wanting to relax a bit more and he presented much better in the yard. He was much more relaxed in himself. Um, but, um, obviously he can still reel off the big sectionals and he seems like a horse that is, loves to chase. He's, he, um, you know, probably really started to work out how to ride him and he likes to sort of switch off and get a bit of cover and then sort of build into his races. So. Yeah, that's a fair question to say that um, he's probably a little bit getting a little bit steady in the stride. But, um, yeah, while he's winning, we won't worry too much.
1: No, exactly right. Well, um, as you said, it's not 100% set in stone, but you've given us a great lead there regarding the the Duman 10,000. So appreciate that thought and congratulations on yesterday with this, this horse. And he's been a revelation over the past 12 months, has it? Create a more interest in your stable. Are you getting people wanting you to train horses? He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. He, Didn't like that question.
2: He must have had enough of you, David Fell.
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> I, I was a lot, lot of deep questions there. Anyway, he's gone. But uh, at least he's left us with. Uh, some bright and positive news that uh, more than likely Gigi Kick will come to the doom in 10,000.
2: Yeah, that's um, terrific news, isn't it? Because, look, the the Queensland Winter Carnival's always going to have a few headline horses. Um, they're always up and about for the Stradbroke. break. But, gee it's nice to see one early in the piece because it's 100%. easy to promote that Stradbroke break day, isn't it, and everything that involves. But when you have a superstar horse coming up, for one of those early group ones, it generates interest earlier, which rolls through to the rest of the carnival.
1: Well, it's a great result for the carnival. It's a great result for the club as well because the star Stradberg season actually um, starts on the, the 13th of May. So to have Giga Kicks presence, he will create a hell of a lot of interest. But it, it's worth worth remembering. And that's why I brought up about his uh, barrier manners that he's not the flashiest away these days. He's coming, he will be coming back from 1400 to 1200, from the big spacious Randwick to the smaller Doomman track. They're things just worth keeping in mind without pouring cold water on But I think he's, as he said before he departed us, uh, he was mindful of the horses, uh, uh, you know, not beginning as, as, as well as what he used to. Was.
2: Yeah, it's, it, you're dead right. Um... I tell you what, another nice moment in that win yesterday that we haven't touched on yet was Craig Williams. Mm. Uh, he was involved in that shocking fall, wasn't he? And and was out for, we uh, wouldn't say an extended time, but uh, he, he was out for a while, and he was very banged up and and you know and injured quite substantially. So look, I mean it's part and parcel of a jockey's life, isn't it? I, I guess those sort of things, but you know, I sense a bit of extra emotion there. Obviously, Clayton Douglas, his first Group One, but just Craig Williams, he's won uh, Group Ones everywhere. But there was just a bit of something extra in that. And it's nice when you do it with a with an emerging horse, which, well, it's really emerged now, but that you know he's just going to be a force for however long he wants him to be a force.
1: Yeah, and, and as he said, and you know, you could train him to win anything, the, 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 the way he's shaping. There he was yesterday, so strong at 1,400 metres. There were two schools of thought about Zaki going into the race. Some, you know, a, in his fan club, it always will be. Some were a little bit doubtful, saying, well, you know, is, is it... Is he near the end of the road? But I thought his run was more than encouraging. So I wonder if we'll see him him here in Queensland. I'd
2: suggest we would off the back of that. I reckon, I think I wrote on Racenet during the week. I thought that this was a bit of a line in the sand moment, this race Mm. for Zaki, given that he just for one reason or another didn't come up uh, for the All Star mile. He was pulled out of that race. Uh, you know, his trials, you know, make of them what you will. But the fact is, Zaki does turn nine in a few months' time. So just sort of thought, like, if he had run a, a poor six or something yesterday, I would have thought Queensland potentially might have been off the cards. Who knows? But got beaten a length and a half by the superstar that's gear kick. I'm pretty sure we'll see Zaki up here.
1: Yeah, I I never see him trial well, Zaki, but anyway, his run was good yesterday, cascading, of course, good from the back in third. Let's go to the uh, other group, one, the all-aged and militarised, who, of course, them in the size produce, was expected to win the champagne and went off at $2.05 in favourite.
0: Coming around the turn Bases loaded Led the way From Townsend second Then came Kintyre Militarise getting to the extreme outside Running on well Don Corleone too behind him Bases loaded on the fence Just the leader From Townsend Militarise launching his attack now A length after Don Corleone Bases loaded in front Militarise is heading top gear Militarise moved up now Takes the lead late And Militarise blows them away In the champagne stakes Won it by a length and a half To bases loaded Townsend third, Tom Kitten doing his best work late. Then came Make a Call, Don Corleone couldn't go with the winner. A gap back to peer pressure from Kinta Marali, and Felix the Scat was last in.
1: That was the middle pin of a riding trouble for Joe Moreira and militarised winning as expected. He was too strong for them, so he takes the size champagne double, and Chris Waller takes the Sydney triple crown, the slipper. The size and the champagne.
2: Yeah, everything's gone right for militarised since he was uh, wiped out in that uh, slipper. Everything went wrong in that race. Uh, but since Joe Moreira, who's meant to be retired, mind you, he's, I think he's supposedly on a sort of world tour to say goodbye, uh, has won two Group Ones on this horse in quick time. I'll pose a question to you. Could we see Joe Moreira riding in the Queensland winner Carnival? I don't think it is completely out of the woods. There
1: is a chance. I think we could see him. I'm not oh, saying it will happen, but I, there's a chance. I think it's a very strong. Oh, wowee! There was a bit of There was a bit of after race discussion yesterday, which I, I'm not at liberty to divulge. But I think that every attempt in the world will be made to get Joe Moreira here for the the racing carnival, particularly the um, uh, city meetings, and um, I think. Oh, He's in a good position to do
2: it. Well, I hear he's a big fan of Italian food. So perhaps that nice little Italian restaurant you go to on Saturday nights, perhaps they uh, could swing a little something there for don't you. Don't Maybe worry. Maybe a lasagna. Don't worry or... about that. Just,
1: just, just worry about getting Joe here <laughs> because he, he would be a big draw card, as we said at Riding Treble yesterday. There were other black type races. Let's push on and have a listen to Dyer Mill, who was able to run down Banker's Choice in the JRA Plate.
0: Pride of Jenny, has she got the legs to keep going, she swings the corner, right lengths clear, Banker's Choice on the outside goes to a clear second, Dymel goes to third, three further back to Sunshine Rising, she's gone now, goodbye, Banker's Choice went to the front, Dymel a length away giving chase, a gap back to Whittle making ground, Banker's Choice in front of Dymel, who's trying hard the outside, Banker's Choice and Dymel, a great duel the last 50, Dymel lifting, and Dymel got up to beat Banker's Choice, Whittle- to a run home a third, followed by Great House. Good margin back to Pink Ivory, Honey Creeper and Sunshine Rising. Further back to Pride of Jenny, still managed to beat Silver Runners home. Cardrate and Awar, Southern France, Lions Roar, Mount Popper, Quality Time and Protagonist has not got through the heavy conditions again, finishing last.
1: One of the side features to this race was Pride of Jenny, I think at one stage was between 15 and 20 lengths in front, but a subsequent stewards inquiry revealed that uh, Rogan Bayless was riding to instruction. I don't know um, how strongly... He was told to go out and lead and, and lead by lead by a good margin. Well, he, he certainly did that, but uh, they went it went far too fast. He couldn't possibly get home, and they, they walked to the line, 40 and 37. You'd run that, even after the <laughs> day of the Arana Hills. <laughs> and those Canadian clubs, you'd run it. But, but Dymill, we saw him here in the winter last year, J-Mac riding and... Uh, Probably a good chance of seeing him up here this time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, look, let's face it, the main talking point of that race was those crazy tactics. And in fairness to Regan Bales, I'll read you what he told stewards. He said, I I was told to lead by a big space and get on my bike from the 800 metres. I was bamboozled by it. So this was instructions, not from the trainer or trainers, but the owner. So... Look, he's just simply saying that's what he was told to do, so that's what he went out and did. So I'm not sure in those circumstances whether you can actually ping Regan Bayliss if he was writing to instructions. So stewards have adjourned that matter uh, to take further evidence and seek further clarity. But, uh, yeah, crazy stuff.
1: I think the trainers were a little bit bamboozled as well. (laughs) And And the punters, too. (laughs) That was dime Let's go to this race. There's a bit of Queensland interest here in the hallmark, and Valana was resuming. It was the $3.10
0: favourite of the straight and Coal Crusher's got them chasing here, Coal Crusher led by a length to Bacchanalia, being stoked up now, Valana in third, starting to wind up, further back to Rangers, one paced, and Wayhaha falls, making some ground, Coal Crusher is the leader from Valana the favourite, starting to hone in strongly, it's Valana going past Coal Crusher now, then Waihaha falls, but Valana the favourite, edges clear for a big win in the Hallmark Stakes. getting up to run second there was Wayhaha falls, photo third, Coal Crusher and Key Largo, further back to Gravina from Wild Planet Rangers and Bacchanalia weakened Out.
1: This is a horse, and I'm interested in your opinion here, that I don't think gets enough credit for what it's achieved in so far a very brief career. 12-star career for seven wins. They include the listed South Pacific, the Group 3 Fred Best here last year at our carnival, the Silver Eagle, then the Hunter, and yesterday the, the Hallmark. So... Five of those wins are black tight. Well, Hunter's not black type, but five of those are feature wins, and with all intents and purposes, he'll be here for the Stradbroke.
2: Yeah, I've got a feeling that race, even though um, yeah, the race yesterday wasn't near the quality of some of the races you just mentioned, I've got a feeling this was the moment we saw a boy turn into a man. I just love the way he went about it. It just looks so imposing, so strong. Uh, it was trapped three deep in the run as well. Uh, but he was just the best horse. He just knows how to to put a race away. Now he ran eighth in the Stradbroke um, last year. Will he run in the Stradbroke this year? Not sure. I think James Cumming suggested more. Uh, the Kingston Smith Cup could be uh, on his agenda. Um, you know, he's quite highly rated, so would be you know weighted. Obviously, fairly sorry, uh, highly rated, so would be highly weighted uh, in a Stradbroke. But look, I think whatever he runs in up here would be competitive. That was an imposing win yesterday. He's very
1: good fresh, good first up and good second up. I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, go into the Demon 10,000 in in a month's time. But that will be up to Godolphin. They'll have their Monday morning meeting tomorrow. But one way or the other, we're going to see him here.
2: And it'd be interesting to see, we still haven't heard on Arth Cabin as well, whether Arth Mm -hmm. Cabin comes up here. They were looking at uh, several options for Arth Cabin. I really hope he does come up here. He's a rising star as well.
1: Here's Maria now on Alentia, a horse that we know a bit about up here because she campaigned here during the summer. This is the James Carr. She was a $5 chance. The favourite was Magic Time 225.
0: Racing to the turn. Patray in front. Narrowly from La Patrice. Magic time seeing plenty of daylight before the corner. Then came Alencia from Opal Ridge between runners. Just being pushed along as well Opal Ridge. And uh, they straighten up now. And Patray coming a few horses off the fence from La Patrice. Now Magic time being stoked up on the outside. Alencia going up the inside. Opal Ridge isn't doing enough. It's Patray the leader from Magic time the outside. Alencia the inside. La Patrice. Opal Ridge is flat out running a pl- It's La Portray in front, but up the inside, Alentia. Alentia takes the lead near the shadows of the post, and Alentia beat Portray. Magic time, maybe third in front of La Patrice and Opal Ridge on the outside. A gap to Renaissance woman, and Sumatra was last to finish.
1: I call her when she won her maiden at Dooman in the summertime. It was an outstanding maiden race, and then she uh, transferred into Class 1 at Eagle Farm, so she had a big wrap on her went to the Gold Coast during the carnival and maybe didn't perform as well as we thought she might. That was in, I think, one of those rising star races then had a break, won at Hawkesbury on protest and handling that heavy track yesterday. So she's the the veteran of five starts and She's only been beaten once.
2: Yeah, Joe morera just stuck to the fence, stuck to the fence, stuck to the fence um, was the winning move. Um, I've got to say, April Ridge was terribly disappointing, I thought, and just couldn't really stay in contact. But, yeah, the win of Valencia, nice advertisement too, I guess, for Chris Waller's Queensland stable, isn't it? Just uh, starting this girl up up, up here, finding her feet. Uh, I think she had three or four runs up here, so uh, terrific advertisement. We, I mean, sometimes we see... The old stage is coming up here, don't we? You know, those horses that can't you know, necessarily win a race in Sydney. You know, at metro level, they come up here with all the horses and do the business. But it's nice to see a, a young horse like this finding a feed in Queensland and going on to win a race like this yesterday. And she's only going to improve.
1: And she'll probably be here as well but being uh, only lighted to her preparation. Now, let's go to one more replay. We'll go to the Frank Packer Plate. It was the first race of the day, and Osipenko was the $2 favourite.
0: Four hundred and ten meters to go. My truth still in front by length on Pericles. Ossipenko wandering a bit under pressure as Williamsburg tries to push out. Ossipenko tries to push him back in. A bit of Argy Bargy here, and Pericles is the front runner from Ossipenko the outside. Given the cue by now by Nashwilla. And Ossipenko trying to get the upper hand from Pericles has done so. And the first favourite home, Ossipenko, went it by length to Pericles, who certainly the winner wasn't going to let the third horse out, Williamsburg, who was doing its best work at the end and they beat off Ain't he Grand and the leader, my truth, weakened right out to finish last.
1: Lots one horse who won't be coming to Brisbane, goes for a spell after yesterday. Very promising three-year-old and a good tough ride by Rawilla to win the first race. They were the highlights from Royal Ramagese, which was, of course, the close of the Autumn Carnival. Let's take a break here on Past the Post. When we come back, time to profile Eagle Farm as we head towards... Our racing carnival in less than two weeks' time.
0: You're listening to Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries.
1: Good day of racing at Eagle Farm yesterday with nine events. The last two races were the listed features. Let's go to the first of them. This is or well, the second of them, this is the Ascot handicap. Outstanding betting race, but the best back runner in the end was Rob Fire. He was at $3.40. Up by the 600 metres, Prince of Boom, Rothfire, and Zoo Style three wide, having a torrent run. Center fire trails the trio. Fifth in the bend was Bandipur, then Garibaldi, Emerald Kingdom. Jesui bell on her way forward. Then came Sneaky Five, Soxagon, Alpine Edge not in it, and Start on Ace too far back. Prince of Boom and Rothfire from Zoo Style trying to reach them. Then Fire and Garibaldi getting up near the inside. Prince of Boom is still the leader. 100 left to run. He's got a margin. It will be a winning one. Prince Prince of Boom, brilliant first up. Beats Rothfire, Heathcote, Quinella. Third over the line, centre fire, Todd, may have run fourth. Not far away, Emerald Kingdom. Sneaky five and a bunch with Garibaldi, then Bandipurr, Alpine Edge. Zoo style knocked up, had too hard a run. And Jesui Bell and Sox got out towards the tail. And Prince of Boom has thrashed them. Certainly did. Uh, he went straight to the lead and was never headed. There was a margin there, three lengths, beating... Meeting a stable mate, Rothfire, who sat outside of him for the entire trip and set a fire who trailed that the, the speed was able to get into third. Emerald Kingdom was very good in fourth as he prepares for the archer in two weeks' time. Zoo style having a very hard run finishing midfield. So who else is good from an archer point of view? Star Tontes. If you look up the finishing order,
2: may have finished eighth, beaten four and a half length. You sort of think, so what? Um, but over a thousand metres, she was dead set, tailed off, and stormed through the field. She's uh, whether
1: it's uh, the archer she wins or something bigger, who knows? But I reckon she's in for a terrific campaign. Yeah, it was. It's funny with Star Todd. I was in the call there. I said she might have run fourth. The fact that when I got to them after the line, she'd passed those horses so quickly. She probably was fourth by the yeah. time you looked at <laughs> them. About ten strides after the line, but uh, but Prince of Boom, he um, wasn't. He wasn't good in Melbourne, he had three runs there during the, the spring, uh, but he bounced back yesterday, and I think we, the market told us that that was going to happen, uh, he was firm in the market, uh, $5.50, he was the, th- the second or third favourite, and he'd trial well and jumped out well, but that's the Prince of Boom we, we know best, and... Uh, a sparkling performance there, what did you think of Rothfire's run? Yeah,
2: I thought Rothfire was really good um I, I was saying to someone else actually before the show i couldn 't have backed him at three dollars forty yesterday over a thousand meters um first up, but look I, I thought he was good um showed he's you know he still got it I suppose there were a, a you know a couple of little question marks after what we saw in perth um Rob Pees could blame that on the on the firm track, maybe he was right on what we saw yesterday he 's only going to get better throughout the prep. Uh, Rothfire, but yeah, Prince of Boom, really in his sweet spot, over a 1,000 metres. Remember, he had that wind up, mm. and so how much, you know, he'll probably get 1,200. Will he get out further than that? I don't think so, and the races are only going to get harder for him from now on in. But look, I think, um, you know, he won by almost three lengths. I think um bookies now have him at $11, if you don't mind, for the and 10,000. Seemed a little bit unders if you ask me, but you can only do what you can do. And that was – he backed up his trial performances, didn't he? He was electric.
1: Well, I think he goes victory stakes 10,000. Rothfire goes victory stakes Kingston Smith. But um, Prince of Boom, uh, I think you make a good point. Past 1,200, he has not been effective. I think that's that's you know accepted now. But up to 1,200, I remember that day he won the Gold Coast Guineas. He ran one eight point nine, and, and Ormond rode him that day. Ormond's been on him at his best. He, he won the, the Jewel, he won the, the Guineas, and he won that race yesterday. So he has been aboard him when he's been at his best. And when he's at his best, he's very, very good in that 1,000 to 1,200 race. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of other wash-up uh,
2: from this race. We might ask Tony Golan about this, but I think we might have seen the end of Garibaldi. I think Garibaldi bled again yesterday. He ran fifth, so I think that might be the last time we see the races.
1: Let's go to the other listed feature. This was the Daybreak Lover for the three-year-olds. And like the Ascot, it was a terrific betting race. But in the end, the favourite was Wolverine at $3.30. They leave the 600 metre pole stern and Bullockoff at good odds has had a good run in front. Comes to the turn in the daybreak. lover leading three quarters of a length. Cranky Harry about to try and close on the outside. Brookhaven being lined up. Then came Northern Decree. Whitejack trying to make ground. The Vals coming with a good run down the outside. Wolverine is going with it. And a Katerina about length behind them. Bullockoff giving cheek from Brookhaven. Wolverine, Cranky Harry, the Vals still putting in. And a Katerina on the outside. Bullockoff in front of the 100. They're getting to it now. Wolverine and the Vals, the Vals and Wolverine, the Vals on the outside went over the best and won, the Vals, great first up win, beat up Wolverine and Bulikov who gave cheek, Brookhaven not far away, then Tack. Wider speak up at Catarina, Cranky Harry behind them, then Northern Decree and a long margin to no and a deal, last over the line. Well the Vals was first up since uh, he won at Eagle Farm on the 18th of February, it's always good to win first up, it's good to win a listed feature. First up, And, of course, that's not the end of the road. So it's all good news. And Toby Evans is our next guest here on Past the Post. Toby, good morning. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well. I remember calling that race at Eagle Farm that day. It was a big field. It was the last race. And he had a uh, it was a long way back. He had a big weight, 59. And he won well. And I remember thinking, I'll look forward to seeing him in the, the autumn and the winter. And, and obviously, um, everything's gone according to plan.
4: Yeah, it did. And, no, you give him a light, fresh, and... After that race, um, obviously went in there first up yesterday and was, you know, he's pretty dominant. Good effort, sat three wide and with not much cover and um, very tenacious and got the job done well. I thought.
2: Take us behind the scenes with him, Toby. I note uh, with interest you said post-race yesterday he's a terrible track work- worker. You're quite confused by him in some ways. You can't quite get a guide on him at home, but he, he just he's got white line fever and just produces on race day, which is I guess all you want.
4: Yeah, then Well, most most good horses actually, you know, they work good. They they, you know, you know they, they tow the rider into their work. And and what this guy doesn't, he's sort of very casual, uh, laid back. But he's um he's one of those good racehorses, I suppose. And he's just progressed nicely, hasn't he? And um yeah, so yeah, he's quite difficult to get a guide on.
1: You trialled him at Bow Desert, I think, on Tuesday in in the week leading up to to yesterday's race. That's something you don't normally do.
4: No, we don't. We don't normally do that. But um, you know, obviously, obviously we've got the mile race in two weeks' time. That I thought we needed to be fit enough. If if he got beaten that one yesterday, that was fine. But um, I just thought the trial, um, even that was four or five days out from the race, was just going to bring me a fair way uh, ahead in fitness for for the fortnight's time. And then then the race yesterday, obviously, top, would top him off. So, yeah, that was the idea of that.
2: Mid-race yesterday or even early in the race, I, I know you, I often watch you watching your horses. It, you sort of ride the emotions of them. You must have been kicking cats when he was wide and thinking, this is now day-to-day.
4: Well, yeah, you sort of you get that feeling, you know, like he's first up, you know, and he's travelling traveling three wide, no cover. You're sort of thinking... Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah, you know, sometimes it can happen in small fields with no speed. You know, I I did ask Jimmy to make him begin because he didn't begin for him when he um when he won on him uh at his um at his last out over a mile he sort of come out quite uh, slowly and got um got back but he gave him a beautiful ride through on the fence so I just wanted to be mindful with a small field with not too much speed to make sure he began and and he began a bit good and put himself there. And um, then got stuck there, you know. Obviously, um, Malian. Uh, I think it was Chris Lee's horse sort of got him posted there, and, and Jimmy got stuck out out wide. But he, um, to his credit, he sat wide and finished off strong.
1: So it's an ideal progression to the the Guineas, uh, 1600 metres at Eagle Farm in a fortnight's time. Say if he per- say if he performs, you know, really well. Say. Naturally, the win's the best result. But say he performs really well, what plan have you got in mind post the Guineas?
4: Um, I suppose you, you get a good guide. Where we're at with uh, it, you know, uh, the big boys are in town for the Guineas. I would mm. think, uh, so we get a good guide as to where we're at uh, as far as how we measure up with those with those type of horses. So um, I suppose if you ask me that question after it, I'll, I'll be able to tell you. But uh, looking forward, if he um, if it performs well. And runs runs well. We would think about stepping him out to um, like a Grand Prix or something, uh, uh, heading to, heading towards a Derby. Uh, but there's also that option of of nominating for the Strad Brake race as well. There, uh, coming back off him a bit, freshening him, and with you know with no weight, we could you know we could get him into a race like that if and that's possible. You know, there's flying the sky stuff. If if, if he's just a it's hard to guide, you know what I mean? Hard to get a guide on. And um, I suppose ratings and numbers will let us know that. Yeah.
1: He, 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 you're 100% right. He is hard to get a guide on because we don't know how good he might be because he keeps winning, but they've been sort of low-key races. I get all of that. But yesterday was another step. It was another bar to, to um, you know, jump over, and, and, and he's been able to do that. So while he's winning, you can't ask for anything more, can you?
4: No, that's right, and and you know we we kicked this horse off at Rockhampton by the way. We took him all the way up there because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't showing that much, and and he got the job done there, and then he progressed again, and and um, you know, he was average at his first run of last preparation, and then he went, you know, he he strung those wins together. But he, as you, as you mentioned, he, he does the if you raise the bar a little bit, he's he's so tenacious and and um. Whilst that in run flash time yesterday, he got the jump job done. I think if they would have run along a bit, bit quicker, he probably would have got the jump job done as well. So I don't think he take much through times um, with this horse, particularly. I, I just think he, you know, the, the better the class horse, the better he'll perform.
2: What did you make of Alpine Edge yesterday, Toby? He was in the market uh, in the Ascot, beaten you know a substantial way. He's obviously got a slot in the Archer. What uh, was there any excuses for that? Was there anything in the wash-up? And, and what's the plan now onwards and upwards? Yeah, well, he went archery.
4: around. He went, yeah, he went around with three shoes on. Actually, um, he he stumbled going out of the enclosure and pulled pulled the front left shoe off. Uh, we didn't realise that until he came back. But subsequently, we were out out where I watch the races. Most times is out on the outside fence of the uh, there where they do go out of the enclosure, and we spotted this shoe, um, you know, on the ground there. Just just on the course proper Um, and I thought gee I hope that's not that (laughs) horse because he did did stumble going out and um, and uh, I was quite upset about it because I thought you know someone should have seen it possibly noticed that he didn't have a shoe on um, and they didn't and he went around with with three shoes, so he's left front and he didn't have a shoe on, and um, you know that's not ideal, especially for a big heavy horse like that he's he's um, he's a big heavy guy and and um that that he, he went pretty well, considering put it that way
1: yeah so he he's still right for the archer
4: yeah, yeah, yeah he's fine he's come home with well, with shoe shoes there. we got straight back on he's walked out quite sound this morning, so um we'll you know, next couple of days we'll make sure his foot's 100%, and um, yeah, he'll be good to go. That race was never, never right for him yesterday. And, and one thing I, you know, I we tried to get a, a decent, decent race lead-up race for these horses put on, but um, you know they they said that that race in Queensland decided that that that, that race was the ideal lead-up, obviously, um, to to a race like the Archer. But you know that tempo is always going to be too quick, too quick for my horse.
1: There were two schools of thought about that race yesterday, the the Ascot Handicap. There were those who said, thousand meter horses, are thousand meter horses, the speed runners will dominate. There was the other school of thought saying, oh, they'll go so hard, the back markers will sweep home. But I tend to think, I'm in the the, the first category. Thousand meter horses are thousand meter horses, and it's just too hard for those back markers to to the race.
4: Yeah, especially at that level, it's it's you know like. Uh, yeah, that horse of mine could could he would have ran on and ran well. He did run on and run well in in, in his first up run last time at a thousand as well. Uh, but they're not going to be able to beat those fast horses like Prince of Burns, a high quality horse uh, and a short course. Uh, you know he's he 's very good at that at that short horse my horse isn 't um, and a number of those horses yesterday you know they 've gone around in that race they 're never going to finish figure in the finish and they' going to they 're going to look quite disappointing, mm. but you can 't take much out of it you 've just got to trust your horse and, and move on and, and uh, get to the right tempo where where they 're going to be competitive.
1: One question before you go on a broader point because we haven't spoken for some time the poly track at the Gold Coast has now been in operation almost three months is yep. it a better is it a more a, a better track a more effective track when the weather's cooler it will be yeah
4: um, I don't think we've quite got it right yet I think um, maybe it's taking some time to consolidate and settle down um, you know it's interesting uh, Peter Robel's here now and they've got the same track at Ramick and he, and he tells me it's a completely it feels completely different underfoot and under when, when you he, he rides work obviously and he said it feels completely different but i just think it's taking some time to settle down you'll notice that in the last couple of meetings we've had a couple of cooler mm. you know it's starting to cool off here obviously um and you'll notice the form starting to turn around a bit they're running on as well you know you well, we won a race there with jamaica and rumba yesterday who led and dominated uh, scott morrissey won with one that led and won by 100 yards but then um, one of Chris Anderson's comes from comes from last and wins, so it's just starting to turn around a bit. And it, you know, once once it all is consolidated, and as you mentioned, the cooler weather comes along, it'll be it'll be fine. But it's a great training surface, and it's, uh, a, uh, it's a great um, it's a great addition to our training uh, facility. Yeah,
1: no, I'm also noticing too over the last few weeks the acceptances are starting to get a bit better than than what they were. So it's it's all encouraging as we as we move forward. Thanks for the you're... thanks for this morning, mate. Appreciate it.
4: Thanks, David.
1: There is Toby Evans joining us, uh, training the vows to victory in the daybreak lover. Of course, the Hawkesbury Guineas is on next Saturday. It's a two hundred thousand dollar race, so that may keep a few down there, but we'll probably still have a strong representation, interstate representation for the our guineas on the twenty nine. Yeah, the travelling army's about to arrive, aren't they? The interstate raiders mm. are gonna come thick and fast in the next month or so. And Tino, a lot was expected of him yesterday. Putter certainly thought so. He was heavily back, 260, 20 minutes before the race. He SP'd at ninety. Here's the replay extremist turned into the straight in front and tries to skip away from on the outside, Moe's crowned the acrobatic Antino, he's hunting the rail he's making good ground, they're followed then by Kips Bay, only Laboringer, and then came Fashionella, extremist in front but Antino is getting closer, closer closer, extremist in front Antino on the outside after it, gamely, extremist the leader, Antino's just about got it, Antino went to extremist, Antino poked ahead in front great return, back for a stack at one. beat extremist very Brave, paladass from last third. They're followed then by acrobatic kipps Bay, then driver deal. Well back was fashion El Nano Star and mose crowd last over the line. Jimmy Orman was dominant yesterday at Eagle Farm. He swept home in the, winning the last three races on Antino, The Vows, and also Prince of Boom. He's our premier jockey. Tony golden of course, is our premier trainer and Antino. Uh, going into yesterday, first up, uh, Ambitious plans for him, where how they do it, where they where they plot the path to get to the Stradbroke remains to be seen. But it's quite appropriate now that his winning trainers on the line, Tony Gollan Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, I'm um, as I said yesterday on the preview, I'm I'm generally brought kicking and screaming to the table about hype on horses, and um, maybe I've just been brought a little bit closer after yesterday. But the the point I was trying to make yesterday, and I've copped a bit of criticism for this is that I believe what I see and, and what horses beat. I know you can only beat what's there. I get all that. So so the, the potential, the, the progression, the upside, the boom, I can never really equate to that. But I think you were sort of half on my path yesterday or in, in any pre-race interviews when you said, you know, today or yesterday was another level uh, and, uh, and and he, and he has to do that first. Yeah, true. I mean...
5: We talk about, you know, the big race like Stradbroke, etc., etc. but he's a long way off that yet. He's obviously a very talented horse. He should be unbeaten, but you're right. He hasn't done, ran super times or won big margins and things like that, but he's probably not that style of horse. And mm. Yesterday was definitely a step up it was a quality class six, but it was still a class six nonetheless. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge if we're going to get to what our ultimate goal might be, um, whether we get there or not. Look, the rest of the carnival is going to tell our tale.
2: Do you look back and I uh, know oh TikTok Queen's a good horse, but do you look back at the Gateway now and think, "Jeez, I wish Antino had have won that day and got a golden ticket into the into the strategy? I, I was back at the
5: Gateway, yeah, thirty seconds after passed the post, and felt the same way. But it just is is what it is. She she got the job done on the day, you know, and that's that's a good thing about that race, the Gateway. It's a a unique concept, not all that old, as you, as you guys know, and it just allows that horse to that free that free run into the Stradbroke and certainly takes the pressure off trying to qualify. Because the Stradbroke's such a unique race. You've got to beat the handicapper, you've got to have the right horse, and then then you've got to be good enough to win on the day. So trying to get all those things right in one preparation and get it to happen is not easy, and that's why it's such a good horse's race.
1: By winning yesterday, uh, and they'll probably add a point or two on ratings-wise, he'll probably get to about mid-80s in the, in the ratings department. Can, can you reveal this morning what sort of path you're going to plot to try and get to the Stradbroke?
5: Yeah, I've probably got to be a little bit... Course as far as where I think I can go. I'd love to go to the Gold Prime Minister's Cup or ATC mm. Cup, I think what's called now, the Sunshine Coast this yep. year. I just got to hope I can get in. I'm still probably just not quite high enough yet to get in, depending on how deep that race is. If that, that would be my next goal if I was to get there. Mm. Um, I'll have a backup option as well, a restricted race around that time period as well, just to keep me in the right leg. It's, that carnival is quite unique. You've got to sort of stay on the right leg with these races. If you don't, you, you can get really out of quite quick. So, Yesterday was the first bit of the puzzle, but you're right, his rating's still quite low. He probably hasn't had the right to be in those sorts of races, yet his rating's not probably quite high enough, but if I can sneak him in, that's his path.
2: And of course, you know, it also represented your 100th Metro winner for the season, Tony. It's quite an achievement, and I know you've got a million premierships to your bow and, and all sorts of big races, but that, that must hold a special little significance, It's especially you know so relatively early in the season. Yeah, hundred been in goal of mine now for quite a quite a few years. I remember the very first year
5: we, we got it. Um it was something we we're particularly proud of as a stable. It, it requires a lot of hard work. We only have ninety, you know, boxes here at Eagle Farm, so that's it's more than a metro winner a box, which is not not easy to do. So it was always a good goal and we try and achieve that every year if we can. some years we don't get it, other years other years we do and we've got it in our in our quickest time so far and we'll see what the rest of the season brings. But you yeah, know, it is something in the stable we're very proud of, it means that we do it we're doing a good job turning horses out in the right races, in metropolitan races on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and that's
2: what the stables, you know, sort of important to us. So I probably should know, but what's your what's your record in terms of metro winners for the season, and can you can you knock that off this season? I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I think I can. It's, I think it's, 100, it's
5: either
1: 108 or 107.5. Oh, do it easy. It's something a, like why doesn't someone that. ask me that question? I, this was my bold prediction at the end of last year. People say, saying, oh, the, the world will fall down, and there'll be this, and that, there'll be World War three. I said my bold prediction is Tony Gollum will beat his metropolitan record of 108.5.
2: Jeez, you know how to suck up to it, Blake, don't you? I,
1: huh? I've kept banging on about it. He blows up the trainer about it and says, I don't want to talk about it, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. He's bloody trained 100 winners, and there's still... April, May, June, July to go. That's probably something I should have known, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually
5: know that. I thought it was 107 and a half, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> sure, well, <laughs> yeah, well seven or eight, what's the difference?
1: But, yeah, but not much. What I'm cranky about now is I, I should have been saying in the call with Antino, one, well, there's Gollum's 100th winner, but see, everyone will say I'm dirty on Antino. That's not the case at all. <laughs> I, I, just, I just want to ask one more question about this, this path. You talk about that, that old Prime Minister's Cup. You're right, it's the ATC Cup. That's on the yeah. 6th of May. Would yep. you go to the BRC sprint on the twentieth?
5: Well, that, well, that's the that's the ultimate one, really. So, go yeah. from the ATC Cup to the BRC sprint. The BRC sprint ballot free. Yeah, that's our next free free entry. So, but I've got to earn the right to get in the BRC sprint. It's a Group Three, and mm. that ratings you might see that, that ratings point to be a bit higher. So, mm. I've really got no room for error this carnival with him. Mm. Um, and I'm glad we started off on the right foot yesterday. But the next race or two, in particular, are very important. And if he can tick those boxes, then we can we can really get excited about June.
2: Your Ascot Handicap uh, runners for a zoo style and Garibaldi. Uh, what did you make of zoo style? And I gather we've seen Garibaldi for the last time.
5: Yeah, really disappointed. Garibaldi had a, had a bleed. He bled at the Trolls digging a little while ago. We've managed very well. and Yeah, really, really disappointed. It's so the highs and lows of the industry yesterday. You know, we raised the bat for the 100. And just really got the wind knocked out of us in that race when that happened to him. Which was disappointing for him and, and the connections. Um, zoo style, oh, I was okay. We were probably not as Assertive out machines, what we have done in the past, and may have paid the price a little bit for that. But the winner was just too good, it was too good on the day, it was brilliant. Um, and I thought Snakey Five was excellent, but outside of maybe one or two other runners, take away the winner. I thought she was as good as anything, she was really good. She's in for a very good car.
1: It was a bit of a roller coaster day. There was that the, the high point there with Antino, and um, the last race, um, somewhat disappointing. And a disappointing start of the sixth race because many thought Count De Beans was pitchforked into the race, yada, yada, yada and TikTok Queen had mm-hmm. won the gateway. Look, they both finished out of the place. Uh, if we're looking for excuses, I think we've, we've got to bring this up that the the tempo of the race was really extraordinary for a 15-horse, 1200-metre race at Eagle Farm. They walked and had sprinted home.
5: Yeah, I think they both ran actually identical 600s. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were nearly the quickest 600s of the race, both of them. So the sectional was very good, but so we pay on winning. We don't pay on yeah. on sectionals. We pay on getting the job done. And uh, There's a few things with Count the Beans. I, I just managed think it with a little bit of gear with him. He's just not putting himself tactically in the position. I sort of knew my fate with top queen early. I drew why I was always going to have to go back and and just suck that up a little bit. And I needed things to go my way, and they just didn't. So I, I'm totally forgiving of hurt. I think Count the Beans, I can do things a bit better, and I think you'll see him improve. But he, I just want to see him win, Count the Beans. Don't be positive with him yesterday. I love the way he used his action late. I was a little bit worried about him at Eagle Farm. I thought he liked like tracks and get his toe into a bit more, but obviously that service is playing very well. And he let go really well in his action. He ran good overall, good sectional time.
1: So there's races for them coming up, um, which could make things, you know, hit the, hit the buzzer a bit better. Yeah, you're right. They both ran 33.62, but his last yep. 400 counter beans was 22.14. He really had to make that surge between the 400 and the 200. He broke 11 there, about 10 and a half. And then I thought he, the last 20 or 30 metres... His work was good, but I, I get all that, and I, I appreciate it. It's all very well said all these times, but in the end, it, it, it's about winning and losing, isn't
5: it? I just think of good draws, you need to be able to make use of it a little bit better. He drew well. He had a light weight. He, he should have been able to obtain the right run, and instead he managed to have himself, no fault of the jock, fall back the fence. And So we've got to be better there, and he's got to be better. So whether we tinker around, that tongue tie off him, I just don't think he's beginning and putting himself in races as well now. He was doing that a little bit better
1: prior to me putting that on. He's finishing mm-hmm. off well, but he's, he's making life very hard for himself early. Before you go, uh, the Mick Dippman played next week. It's been well talked about that you'll, you'll unveil Golden Boom and Spiritualize. I know all the, again, this is another high-paws Golden Boom, but I, I'm actually in his team. But but Spiritualize, I thought, trialled like a bomber, Demon. Gee, I think he's going to be hard to beat next week. Yeah, he's a good horse. He should have won first up last time when, when Lubrication
5: had beat him. It was 1,200 fresh up and he just blew out late, as you, as you would remember. And, then he, then he um, choked down, and then he bolted in at the Gold Coast. So, he's a very talented and He looks really, really well. He's just going to keep on maturing. I think he's going to get to a fairly elite level as a sprinter. Uh, whether he's right at Group 1 or he's just under that, I think he's definitely heading in that direction as a four-year-old. So, I'm looking forward to seeing him back. Golden Boom's going really good. We're just around crossovers on him in, tri- in trials. You won't see that race day. You'll see him just his normal, a la, natural self. And You'll see a pretty nice horse, and I thought Bazique was very good at the trials the other day. We forget about her, she was she was around the mix a year ago, and she's a nice filly.
1: She's come back well, so it's a very strong Mick next week, probably as strong as I've seen. Good on you, mate. Thanks for this morning. Thanks, guys. Cheers. There is Tony Golan joining us, and uh, yeah, Bazique joining Spiritualized and Golden Moon in that race next week. Yeah, can't wait for that. Should be a rip. I think I'm with
2: you in the Spiritualized camp. That... Was uh, pretty handy, wasn't it?
1: One more replay from Eagle Farm before we close off there. And this was the Class 3 race we were talking about with Count De Beans and TikTok Queen. But Aureus Angel was a winner. Not a surprise, though. 21 down to 14 in the betting. In the home straight, though, Loves Me Like a Rock railing strongly is after Cat They're followed by Aureus Angel putting in a run down the outside. Meanwhile, Loves Me Like a Rock in a battle with Cat Chitter. Aureus Angel charging at the pair. Loves Me Like a Rock is peaking. Aureus Angel's the one. Aureus Angel out wide, raced up, dashed away, and too good for Cat Loves Me Like a Rock third. Count the beans fourth in Bafada, followed by the head of the others, was Dame Cartland, TikTok Queen, past a few, then Billionaire Baby, Wizard of Oz, that feels better, Colleagues, Border Warrior just ahead of them, then Rhiannon, and Maxi Tapp was last over the line. As I said, 21-14, to 14, so it didn't surprise all Damien Thornton running. There was a double for Damien yesterday. Chris Munts, the winning trainer. So next Saturday, we go to Doombin uh, with that, that Mick Dipman play, which has been much talked about. It will be the highlight of the card. The tail stakes is another feature, and the princess stakes as well. So then we're only one week out from the big start at the end of the month at Eagle Farm, and, of course, Eagle Farm on the Saturday and the archer on the Sunday. Let's turn our attention now to this uh, slot race at Ascot in Perth. The Quacker and Amelia's Jewel drew the outside gate and was stone motherless last in the run. Here's the replay with Darren McCauley. 400 left to go, straightening up now in the Quaker overpass, Asfura going toe to toe, they're giving each other the big eyeball, Red Can Man joined them both though, a length and a half uncommon, James letting down, where's Amelia's Jewel, back in the field but running on strongly, As Asfura, overpass Red Can Man, 100 left to go, overpass Asfura Amelia's Jewel coming, she's coming at the rate right of knots, overpass Amelia's Jewel, she lunged did she get there? I don't know, she came, she came like a train. Amelia's dual got to overpass in the shadows. A photo here in the Quaker. Behind them, close up. Hot Zed's there. Also Bustler. Bella Nipatina. Then came behind them Shades of Rose. Massimo, resort man. And also as Fura Kementari. Uncommon James. Tricks of the trade. Western Knight. Yes, well, she didn't get there, but as we said at the top of the show, I think many thought she might have. It was a desperately close finish, and Overpass for Bjorn Baker and Josh Parr holding on.
2: Yeah, I thought she got there, um, but she hadn't. I don't think, as I said before, she lost many admirers in defeat. Interesting point here. Uh, Would it have made any difference? Probably not. But remember they stuffed up the barrier draw during Mm. the week. Initially, Amelia's jewel drew nine. She ended up with 14. Would she have been a pair closer? Maybe, maybe not. Would that have made any difference? Maybe, maybe not. But, look, uh, the other interesting sidelight to this was that uh, Overpass has been staying at Simon Miller's Good. stables for the last two or three weeks. So, Bjorn Baker in the in the aftermath was, was very quick to pay tribute to him. So, look, tough win, but uh, I think there's only one horse you really want to follow coming out of this race. That's Amelia's Jewel. She's got Australian racing at her feet, I think. Uh, Uncommon
1: James. Disappointing, I thought. Yeah, it may have just come to the end of of what's been a a solid campaign.
2: Yeah, I I remember talking to one of the connections last week. The only worry going to this race was he may just be slightly on the way down this preparation as opposed to other horses that were on the way up. And the other thing is, you know, travelled from Melbourne to Sydney and then, you know, all the way over to Perth. So whether that took a bit of gas out of the tank, uh, who knows. Certainly wasn't disgraced, but just didn't have
1: that ping. Let's turn our attention now to Morfordville, where... The feature was the Group 3 Auraria Stakes. Here's the replay.
6: They're heading for home in the Auraria Stakes and the leader November Falls. Quickly, Let's Be Frank Baby is joining in. Amphina's coming with a run. Jenny Lala, Aruga Mama, then Rich Result. Let's Be Frank Baby and Jenny Lala, they scream to the lead. Jenny Lala went past Let's Be Frank Baby. Amphina's running a race. Jenny Lala in front from Amphina. Let's Be Frank Baby. But it's Jenny Lala. Mara and Eustace do it again. Jenny Lala wins the Auraria from either mama, let's be frank baby and Fina ran a cracker and Ravan flew late. Then close up Nakamoto followed by at the head of the others more reward and then a tiring November falls followed by a rich result. Muzukashi beat a few home uh, Savsonic Tottenham Hotspur uh, misspoke and as I mentioned Bourne Hustler was struggling when they turned for home. It's finished last.
1: Well, the Aurora is a traditional dress rehearsal for the Australasian Oaks in two weeks' time, and Jenny Lala couldn't be more impressive. And jumped up from 1,300 to 1,800, settled back in the field, and then was able to sweep around them and score. It was a big day for Kiramar and David Eustace at Morfordville. They won the Group Three, and they also won the Listed Port Adelaide Guineas with a fair a a, a, fair a- <laughs> beating running on time and. Uh, They'll all head towards the the Oaks in two weeks' time. Jenny Lala is an $8 chance. Ben Dorries, thank you very much for this morning.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. I've got through in one piece. Looking forward to press room tomorrow. I want to have a chat to you about a body of work that I've done, which will be published this week on um, concussion in jockeys, which I think, uh, without sounding like an idiot, I think it's a pretty important topic. We've heard a lot about it in the footy codes. Uh, I'm going to shine a bit of light on it in racing.
1: Look forward to that, and look forward to your company tomorrow on on Press Room as well, folks. Uh, That comes up on Monday as per normal. Enjoy your day. Bye-bye.